Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me. Change. Here we go. Yo. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show. This is the place we come together just to grow. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Got everything you need and a little bit more. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. This is the place we come together just to grow. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Got everything you need and a little bit more. What we about living, loving, purpose. 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 We gonna impart to you all that you need. This is Conversations with Keanu B. What we about? Welcome to Conversations with Keanu B, where we talk about life, love, purpose, and leadership, all from a faith-based perspective. I'm your host, Keanu. Today, we're going to talk about purpose reset. Purpose reset. And it's really exactly what it sounds like. It's basically to set again in place and in motion the purpose as to why you were born why you were put here on this earth. Purpose is very important, right? Because in order for us to really value a thing, know how to treat it, how to handle it, how to respond to it, we must know the purpose for it. We must know the reason why it exists and why it's here. So purpose is something that we really can't get away from. And purpose, if we'll be honest, is something that we have to grow into, right? It's something that we learn in the journey along the way as we mature and go through life. We learn who we are in God, what we mean to the body of Christ, what we mean to the earth while we are trying to figure out what we've been called to do. So purpose is very, very important. A few things I can think about, I was just thinking about some quick analogies regarding purpose and regarding fulfillment, because I believe you only get genuine fulfillment when you are in purpose. You only have abundance of a thing and really get to maximize it when you're in purpose. So for example, the couch, right? The couch is in our living room. I love one of the couches in my living room more than the other because it's a recliner. I absolutely positively love my recliner. It's my place where I kind of just come, literally put my feet up, get something cold to drink, grab my book and my journal, and I just relax and lay back. And sometimes I fall asleep in that recliner. The sleep is not the best like it would be if I was in the bed because the couch, AKA the recliner, is meant for you kind of just relax and posture, but not necessarily probably the best resource to go to sleep, right? So that's kind of like, you know, just my thoughts on it in a light way to think about it, the purpose of a thing. The purpose of the couch is to lounge. The purpose of the bed is to sleep. And when you try to do something out of the norm of the thing that it's been called to do, you won't have the best experience if that makes sense. And the same thing goes for us, right? The same thing goes for us. Now, over the years, I have taken the time to determine what my purpose was and really pursue it, okay? And I'm going to talk about it in reference to 
what I do as far as business and ministry is concerned. But I'm going to start from there where I actually begin to pursue and study and pray and begin to seek out what my purpose was. Okay. I began to search my purpose in my thirties. I would say probably like my early thirties or so I began to venture and look for more. And I was looking for fulfillment. I had achieved some success in my life as far as getting the degree that I wanted and, um, pursuing some other smaller classes. Um, I had accomplished some things where I felt proud of myself and I was in corporate America for about 15 years or so. I did well, won some service awards at my job and that type of thing. But I was like, there's got to be more. And what's interesting is that finances was something that I was good at and something that I did, but it wasn't necessarily something that I like to do or love to do, if that makes sense, right? So I was kind of on this journey to determine, God, what is it exactly that you want me to do? And it took some time, right? I actually had to put my hands to the plow, put feet to ground and actually actually pursue the things, not just think about it. So I did pray. I did study the word so that I can see myself in the word. And the closer I got to the Lord, I began to see myself better. I did journal. I read some books. I did that type of thing, but I had to pursue certain ventures. Eventually, a few years ago, I became a certified life and business coach, right? I became a proven results business consultant. I am a counselor by degree. I am a psychology major and I've grown and matured to a position of being a life strategist. I've always had a passion to help people get from point A to point B, which is really the heart of coaches, is to get you from a place of feeling stuck to fluidity and to flowing. For people to have lives and live a life that they were proud of was very, very important to me because I was that person, right? For people to live their life on purpose and not just survive from day to day and literally just feel like you're floating through the world existing was very important for me to get people out of that place. So I started on a journey for coaching and consulting back in 2016. I didn't really have a strategy. I just knew I wanted to help people. I really wasn't sure what I was doing, to be honest. I just knew that I had wisdom in certain areas and I can get people from that place of point A to point B. Over time, as I began to talk to people, I was kind of just coaching different people along the way, doing coaching programs and coaching consultations. The only difference was for a coaching consultation, it'll be like a one-on-one -on -one call or a session versus a program. I kind of stretched it out and made it a, a one to three month process where you can keep me a little longer and I can keep you accountable a little bit longer so I can measure your growth and your progress, right? Over time, I developed some approaches some what I call the impact approach of how to address certain things that people were dealing with internally. And what I began to do was create a consultancy based on this. I was help people with their life problems so that I can enhance the quality of their business problems, if that makes sense. Handle people's life issues so I can deal with the advance and the growth of their business. So I combined the two of life and business coaching together because as an entrepreneur or a business owner, somebody is building their business, I believe that the quality of your life had to be intact to a certain degree for you to really give value with a service or product in business. 
Okay. My business used to be called professional excellence at that time because I was almost kind of like in a corporate field. And then over time, as I began to be more relaxed in what God has called me to do, I changed the name a few years ago to Kiani Impacts LLC. And that's where it stands today. When I started uh, coaching and consulting, I understood that God gave me wisdom on how to help someone grow. He gave me wisdom and process and steps and strategy that he would give me sometimes uh, ahead of time, but most of the time while I was with the person of how to get them out of a rut and how to help them thrive and live a life that was in abundance the way he called them to. I had a hard time at first narrowing down my target audience, the niche, the target group of people that would be most um, benefit by my services. I had a hard time finding those people. So instead of me just sitting there trying to figure it out, I did the best thing that you can do for those of you that um, are pursuing business ventures is you must just move forward. <laughs> you gotta just try, you gotta throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. And if it doesn't work, then you know you need to make an adjustment. If it does work, then you know you probably still need to adjust, but you can make it better. So I was like, well, who can benefit most from what it is that I have to offer. I wasn't really sure what that looked like. I just took one person on at a time, one by one, one by one, one coaching session after another, sometimes complimentary, sometimes free, sometimes I charge, but I really was just trying to gain knowledge and how to help people as well as determine who really I wanted to help. As I began to narrow it down, my approach, and I explored different avenues, right? I realized where I was most effective. And when I realized where I was most effective, those who really needed me were able to find me better because I began to position myself where I was most effective. As I worked with different people, I got to see the actual grace on my life, what that was. There were some things that I did well. There were some things that I did without effort. There were some things I was gifted to do, but I didn't really know what that was by kind of standing afar looking at it. I had to just really put my hands on it and allow God to show me what that was. It was practice. It was muscle building. It was exercising of the gifts. What I landed on end up being what I am today, which is really a leadership and development coach amongst everything else. If I could summarize all those things I mentioned earlier, what I do, I am a leadership coach, leadership and development. I realized that once I was clear on how I can help and what I can offer you, that really I was called to coaches. I was called to leaders. I was called to influencers and not specifically just any coach, leader or influencer. Those that had experienced a very traumatic part of their life that they did not know how to move past, that they did not know how to move past. And literally the world was waiting on these men and women. Leadership has become a burden for me personally over the past few years. And I didn't even realize it. It had not always been a burden. It actually wasn't even something that I paid attention to. I knew that one day I would be a boss and that is what I am today, but it became a passion for me to be a leader because the difference is where a boss may dictate and say, you know, kind of this is where I want things to go. They sometimes don't take the time to spend with you and to be with you and leaders cultivate you. It's personable, they grow you, they walk with you. They guide you, they mentor you. Leaders have a little bit different of a role. And I, I was like, I really, really desire to be a leader. And I understand the heart uh, behind leadership. I also understand the challenges that leaders have to face. So 
when you have a call on your life that is great, it is important for you to not only have accountability, but have a safe space to grow. And that began to be very passionate to me to make sure that leaders had what they needed, the resources, the support, to really be able to lead effectively because the lives of so many others were in their hands. Over the years in businesses, I have experienced some changes in my business and I've changed some services and things that I've offered over time to better fit the time and the need of what was going on. But like many of us that begin to pursue that, I did lose sight at some point to be more business focused than kingdom oriented. And I say that to say is that sometimes I may have lost myself and trying to figure out what was the next product or course that I needed to offer instead of determining, is this the path of the original why that God gave me regarding the call on my life and regarding the passion in my heart? Does that make sense? The path of our why is what keeps us grounded. And we can't lose that. And it's no harm, no foul, no fault or shame to you if you kind of got pushed off track and you did kind of what I've done. Because I believe many of us go through it. But it is God's grace that brings us back into alignment to refocus us back to the thing of where he's given us and where he's drawn our heart and our attention so we can do the thing that we've been called to do. Now, recently, I was able to minister at a retreat within the past week or two, and my particular session was talking about igniting, igniting. And I chose to kind of share about how to ignite purpose. So I'll share a little bit of wisdom with you about that. But just to explain what that was, the Lord gave me something regarding focusing on the thing that you've been called to do, right? When you're an entrepreneur or creative, you have the ability to make money. You have to make many different choices. And sometimes when something is working well, you can be drafted into a certain type of behavior to continue to let that thing grow, if that makes sense. But the truth of the matter is, is that just because it's working doesn't mean it's right. And just because it's working <laughs> doesn't mean it's what God wants you to do. Now, you have to be sensitive to the voice of God to really know when these things are, because God can expand you and he could give you more and add to it. But it's important not to lose the original focus and the original why or the burden. You can always add to it, but you don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose it because the God-given passion that you have is directly connected to your purpose. I'll use myself as an example. Everything that God had given me to do in a particular season was something that my heart really desired to do. And I knew that it would really help many people, but I didn't see any income coming from it. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? God told you to do a thing and you're like, okay, God, I'll do this, but how am I going to receive compensation from this? Where are the income streams going to come from? And I learned that it's not about necessarily being able to see that clearly. I believe he'll give you wisdom to that, but he first is really checking to see if you'll obey. Because anything that you do for him is not only gonna last, but it's gonna prosper you. It's going to prosper you. In December of 2019, the Lord spoke to me about the power of purpose for influencers, for leaders, for entrepreneurs. At that time, I was frustrated because I wasn't making the money 
that I knew I could make. I wasn't um, pr um, really prospering the way that I knew I could. And I was dealing with some struggles and adversity with finances. And the Lord let me know that you must be in your set place to flourish. You must be doing the thing that he's called you to do because just like Proverbs 18, 16 says, your gifts make room for you and bring you into the rooms of great men. It brings you into the land of the great, but you must be where you're supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to do. It is literally a love gesture of the Lord for him not to allow you to flourish if you're outside of purpose. If you grow contentment, outside of purpose, sometimes you may find it hard to come back to it, or sometimes you may not. It is him bringing you to alignment sometimes when things don't work. It's almost like he's trying to catch your attention and say, hey, I'm over here, I'm over here. You kind of drifted off. But what I've given you still stands. And what I'm giving you, I still want you to work because I've made this thing for you. I've called you to this thing. We don't want to be complacent and grow content in a place that God hasn't called us to. We wanna make sure that we stay connected to our God-given purpose and our God-given passions. We all know that money answers many things, but we also know that being wealthy doesn't automatically equate to you being happy or you being full of joy or you even being fulfilled. We know that that's not the case. We know that there must be an inner work done as well as an outer work done. So we want to make sure that we're in purpose. And if you trust him enough to lead and guide your steps, even when you can't necessarily see how the income is going to come, if you trust him, he'll uphold you and he won't let you down. You must be in your set place to flourish. It means you must be in your set place, your ordained place to grow lavishly luxuriantly to thrive and to achieve serious foundational success. Something that I want you to consider, as you started your journey into more, right? And more can mean different things for whoever's listening. Your more can be the new business you started. Your more can be new ministry, your new podcast, your blog, your book, your book club, your Facebook group, your nonprofit organization, whatever it is that God told you to grow to build, to put out your course, your program, whatever that is. In your journey to more, did you stay on the path of your why? Are you still doing it for the reasons that you started? Originally, you had a genuine desire to help people. Now you just function to get more likes and video views so you can get more income. And it doesn't mean that these things are not important because truth be told, you do want the likes, you do want the views, right? Because we want to advance and expand the kingdom of God. So the more reach you have, the more people can be influenced, right? But we want to make sure that your heart is still in alignment with what God told you to do. Is your God-given passion being fulfilled? Is the thing that burdens you, that wakes you up in the middle of the night, the thing that you wish that if you had an opportunity to push a button to fix it all, that it would be fixed. What is that thing to you? What does it mean to you and are you doing it? This is only a question that you can answer, but I urge you to really think about it because it matters. If you have a passion to save children from abuse, are you doing that? Or are you working in financial services? If you have a passion to see families become debt-free and financially independent through the power of legacy, 
Are you a life insurance agent? Or are you working in the fashion industry? Because you know how to sew as well, but it's not necessarily a passion. Let your purpose wake you up in the morning. Let the fact that your life can change the life of somebody else be the thing that drives you. Let purpose position you and push you and pull you through challenges, push you over hurdles, get you through plans, get you to where you need to be. Take comfort in knowing that you are living in and on purpose. Your life, your ministry, whatever your more is, is literally changing one person at a time. So there is a little assignment that I want you to work on. I want you to get out your pen and your paper, your journal, whatever it is that you write on. And I want you to think about what are passions for you? Remember, your passion is the thing that burdens you. It ails you. It pains you. It's something that really, really rubs you the wrong way, that you wish that you had the ability to take control over it and you can change it and make it right or make it better. It's something to help humanity. It's something to really impact the world. It's something that will make the world better. Your passion. I want you to write those out and what those things are. Then I want you to, on the other side of this paper, I want you to write down what it is that you're currently doing. And everything that you're doing now, does it have anything to do with what the passions are? Now, it's okay if your passions change, shift, evolve, grow, expand. But you just want to make sure, and I really want you to take account to, if the thing that God gave you is connected to the thing that you're doing. And if it's not, how do you bridge the gap for both columns to come in sync and come together as one? Take time to do that. So we're wrapping up for the day. And I just want to share with you, I actually have a Facebook group for leaders called The Demolition. It's an accountability group to help you mature and grow as a leader. And to find that group, you go to Facebook, you go to www.facebook.com backslash groups with an S, backslash human demolition, human demolition, all spelt the same way that it sounds. Facebook.com slash groups slash human demolition. Fill out the questionnaire, ask you quick five questions, and we'd love for you to join us. In close, I would urge you to get refocused and excited about the possibilities of this new season. This doesn't mean that you have to close your eyes to the chaos of the world and we live in a bubble and act like nothing's going on and nothing's happening because there's many things going on all around us, right? But what it does mean is that we seek God first for what we do. We look to the hills from which cometh our help, knowing that our help comes from the Lord. We're seeking God on direction. We're seeking God on purpose. We're seeking him as to where do we fit in in the world where we can make a positive impact for the glory of God and make a difference to change the lives of people. Because after all, we are world changers, right? One life at a time, one purpose at a time. The true gift of leadership is that it's servitude and playing a role in serving humanity in some way or another with the sincerity of heart will definitely bless you in more ways than you can ever imagine. 
and the assuring of God's keeping of you. So I encourage you to press the button on the purpose reset and allow God to do in your life what he purposed, ordained, and birthed you to do. Until next time. Bye, guys.